behavior that he resented engaging in but couldn't stop. He would make promises to cut back, only to binge for hours at a time. He began to hate a thing that he couldn't stop doing. Happiness turned into compulsion, and compulsion into addiction. Mark is not alone in this, not by a country mile. The reason I've never played World of Warcraft is that I know I would find it intoxicating. I find video games extremely addictive. I've allowed my obsession with them to negatively impact my life in the past. When I went off to college, I put together my first computer, ostensibly to do schoolwork, but I quickly discovered games like Doom, Privateer, and SimCity. And I chose to play these games rather than go to class, with predictable results. I dropped out of college and went to a trade school to learn about computers. This was like a heroin addict wanting to learn how to build syringes and forge spoons. I knew I needed a career in order to support myself, so I looked for one that aligned with my habit. Over the years, I've battled with this addiction. And game developers have gotten very good at writing the code that puts switches beneath our paws. The images that flash on our screens result in massive dumps of dopamine. In games like World of Warcraft, the images are usually of what gamers call loot. There are a near-infinite number and variety of items to collect, and around every corner and in every treasure chest there might be an item that's a little better than what the player already owns. Every time the player finds a better item, or levels up, or completes a quest, or wins over a new comrade, or vanquishes a foe, the brain rewards them with a squirt of dopamine which makes the player want to find more. Why would our brains be designed in such a way? Why would we be cursed with a mechanism that sets us up for behaviors so obsessive that they get in the way of our long-term happiness? It only makes sense when we learn that our biology was meant for a world much different than our current world. Our biology was meant for a long-gone world. Again, it doesn't matter if we were created for that world or if we evolved within it. What matters is that we are evidently built for different times. And times are changing faster than we can adapt to them. At the heart of wayfinding is the rediscovery of that long-gone world. It begins with learning about the world for which we are suited. Not because we should attempt to recreate that world, or because living there was a joy— but because knowledge of that world will help us feel less confused about our place in this one. For me, the gradual understanding that my biology was meant for a different time has been absolutely liberating. I no longer wonder why I freeze up and my palms get sweaty when faced with a pop quiz. The fight-or-flight response has been tested in thousands of experiments, and we now know what is happening in our brains when we encounter a sudden challenge or threat. What has changed is the nature of those challenges. This often means we respond in a way that is unsuitable for our well-being. A quick example. The bygone world was one where we constantly struggled to feed ourselves. Hunger was a necessary impetus to remind ourselves to begin a hunt for food or to go forage. But now many of us live in a world of abundance and cheap calories. We might not even wait to get hungry. Instead, we consume as much as we like on a regular schedule, and an epidemic of obesity is the result. 
understanding why we make ourselves miserable with our cravings does not immediately provide an answer for overcoming them, but it is a start. It begins by no longer being confused by our self-destructiveness. It begins by not having to blame ourselves, but rather our shared legacies. It further helps to learn that we are all unique, which means our struggles are not all the same, nor are they equally as difficult or easy to overcome. Imagine for a moment the world our biologies expect, what I'll call the old world. If you discovered loot in this world, or stumbled upon danger, your brain made sure you remembered it. Perhaps you found a river teeming with fish, or a beehive which might pose both danger and reward. To lock these events into your memory, your brain would release dopamine. The dopamine would ensure these memories moved from short-term areas to long-term areas. The dopamine would make...